This episode is brought to you by Shuggies. Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Isn't that nice? That's so nice. <laughs> so Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar. And you can use Shuggies wherever you would want something to be a little sweeter, like stir it into your coffee in the morning or brew up a batch of lemonade on a hot summer afternoon. That sounds so refreshing. Mm. I would use it in baking. Oh, what would you make? Right now, I'm kind of into snickerdoodles, if I'm going to be honest. I, I feel like they're the... Them. Yeah, right? Like nobody remembers them. And every time I see one, I'm so pleased. So I'm trying to find a really good snickerdoodle recipe right now. Yeah, make a fat snickerdoodle and put some shuggies on it and call it a shuggy doodle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Check them out at shuggies.com. That's S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S.com. Or find them on Instagram at that shuggies feeling. Yeah, that shuggies feeling. I want that feeling all the time. Yeah, elevate your everyday with shuggies. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. I will say that is the most comfortable sleep position, one leg out. Oh, it's the best. Right? Yeah. On your stomach or on your back, one leg out. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. number one. Oh, man, I got into bed last night and I did like like a probably a good minute of going, ooh, mm, ooh, because it was so comfortable and my sheets were clean and they were cool and the blanket was warm and the room was cold and the fan was going and I had the white noise machine on. Bundled just, up. Oh, man. It was the coziest. Do you want a gravity blanket? Yes. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? Yes. <laughs> That's what I want. If you're asking about what I want for Christmas. Oh, I might be dancing around some subjects. Yeah. What is that, What do you want? A gravity blanket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and like a gift card for... Um... Something's in my eye. Sorry. Oh. <sighs> is it a tear? Because <laughs> you smoked all the so weed. so beautiful. No, like... Why do your eyelashes betray you sometimes? Oh, ooh. oh no, I've got chicken wing thing. I can't shit. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, my God. Can I get you some eye drops? Do they really? I don't. I wish, like, I mean, I can spit, spit in, in my <laughs> eye. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. <laughs> This is a podcast about cannabis, comedy, cooking, culture, and calling shit out. Hell yeah, it is. Oh, man. Spit in my fucking mouth. I will spit in your mouth. I mean, your eye. <laughs> <laughs> spit wherever you want me to, Mike. How are you doing, Mary Jane? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty smiley. What the fuck? Whoa, do you need an I have an eye patch. You do? If you just want to wear an eye patch. Can you shave your eyelashes off? You can, I mean, ooh, I uh, Would you lose your balance like I, a cat? Oh. You wouldn't be able to fit into narrow spaces anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Because I don't... Well, what do they do? I know they protect your eyes, but the mm-hmm. the lid is more important than the lash. Well, the lashes filter out things before they hit the lid. Oh, it's a double barrier? Yeah. Shit. Like a Venus flytrap. Right. You know? Well, unless your own hair deceives you. Yeah. God. Sorry. Well, you're a hairy person. I know. Well, yeah. What if it's a chest hair? I just pull a pube <laughs> out of my eye. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> yeah, how'd that get up there again? Oh man. Do you want, we have such a great guest this week. Yeah, we do. We've got I'll, a few things to talk about. Okay. Do you want to cook through a couple of topics and yeah. then we'll get to it? Yeah. Well, big news story first off, because the day that this pod drops, it's going to be, uh, everywhere in the news, hopefully, um, Congress is going to be voting on whether or not to deschedule marijuana. Can you break that down? So cannabis is a Schedule One drug, which means that it currently exists alongside heroin and LSD as having no medical use and a high potential for abuse, which everyone knows is a complete fucking crock of shit. And it was scheduled as Schedule One following recommendations under Jimmy Carter's administration. And then um, it was made Schedule One because they were criminalizing it to you know control people yep. and, and start the war on drugs. It, that's not like hearsay. That's straight up truth. And they, they, they said that publicly. They were like, oh, yeah, that was all manipulation and yeah. propaganda yeah one of nixon's aides was like you know it was one of the ways to control communities of color was to you know like pe- uh, penalize them for u- cannabis use so the fact that it's schedule one 
and not accepted for any medical use and with a high potential for abuse, quote unquote, means that it hasn't been available for research and there's no way to legalize it federally so it can be available for medical use either. It's had to be state by state. So to take it out of the Schedule One classification would actually be the next step toward legalizing it federally, allowing it to be researched, allowing clinical trials to be conducted on it, and fucking Joe Biden recently, Yo. you know, who was like, well, I don't know, I think marijuana want to meet, may be a gateway drug because there's you know we don't have enough research and there's not enough evidence well listen fucking boomer the reason that there's no fucking clinical evidence on cannabis is because it hasn't been available to do research on because it's a schedule one fucking drug so deschedulize it so we can do all of that research and people like dr sue sisley can conduct her funded studies on it and present the data to back up all of the anecdotal evidence that we already have that cannabis is a healing plant and it should be available to everyone for medicinal and for just adult use. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I think the timing is right now because uh, everything else is crumbling around the impeachment and Trump. And so I really do think, because we've had a couple people on the pod talk about it, Christina being one of them saying, you know, I really think as a last ditch effort to go down in the history books, if everything goes to shit for Trump, he's going to try and federally legalize it so he can walk out a hero in some fucking way. And I genuinely think about how the impeachment and this are lining up. And it's fitting together pretty fucking well. It's pretty interesting that they could potentially deschedule and federally legalize marijuana and have Disney Plus going, which means that nobody will be paying attention to the war that is currently raging at the highest levels of our government's administration. Straight up. Yeah, just stay inside, get high, and watch Disney Plus. I mean, you know, what else do you need? But also, yes, please go federally legal. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's big news, and, and um, I'm excited to follow what happens. Exciting. Yeah. We have quite a bit of housekeeping to celebrate, but I don't like the word housekeeping because it feels like you're tidying up, so I'd rather say something celebratory. Okay. I don't know what it is, though. Like, what's um, clearing, like, clear the bowl? No. Uh, what's a clear good... Clear the chamber? Um. No. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> or... um. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Hits, first hits, quick hits, quick hits, quick hits. Ooh, it's quick hits. Great. Let's do some quick hits. Let's do some quick hits. Mary Jane. Somebody writes. All, All right. right. For a living. Well, we have, uh, first up, I think we should talk about our magical butter video. Oh shit. Speaking of big moves today. So not only could cannabis become deschedulized. But also, our magical butter videos are dropping. Yeah. What a fucking day. What a day. So on this, uh, t- today, it should be coming out on Magical Butter's YouTube and on their Insta, and we're going to put it on our, our YouTube and all of our social channels. We made a Thanksgiving special full-on feast with Magical Butter. We got super goofy. I thought you said full-on feet, because I was like, that's also accurate, because <laughs> you had your feet. Uh, prominently displayed in these videos, and it was so funny. I had a great time. It was very slippery, mashing all those potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> will you Will you drop a foot pick? Um, sure, yes. Okay. If you really want that. I don't know if people do or not, but there's only one way to find out. I guess so. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, get you on WikiFeed. <laughs> Five fucking stars. Hell get you yeah. verified on Wiki. I can't wait. You're going to be on the front page of Wiki, the front page of Magical Butter. <laughs> fucking great oh these videos were so fun and magical butter has been with us since the jump so to be able to go there and make wild i used a flamethrower yeah like they are the most talented coolest folks in the land the nicest and we had just like three days of you know totally total lunacy in the studio doing so many like wacky fun things i got super baked we hotboxed you inside of a pumpkin they made me a video game yeah like what the fuck (laughs) so awesome there was a gravy fountain (laughs) (laughs) oh man i can't wait for everyone to see it it was the most fun and um yeah absolutely so um i just gotta say if you want to be involved with magical butter go to their instagram it's at magical butter or not or and uh, use our promo code Weed and Grub and get yourself a magical butter machine or any of their accessories. Save some money and make edibles at home. Yeah, Weed and Grub will get you twenty percent off at checkout if you go to magicalbutter.com. And yeah, I can't wait for everyone to see our silly Thanksgiving video. Heck yeah! What else is on our quick hits list? I Gold Leaf. Yeah, they're sexy. Yeah, they're I'm, super sexy. I'm just gonna be straight up. If you're listening to this, Dad Steve, 
mom wendy brother matthew this is what you're getting for christmas and i really want you to hang terps on your wall it would mean a lot to me if my family would hang terps on the wall of their home well, it's not just Terps. They have this gorgeous travel art print right now that's a SoCal West Coast, Best Coast, gorgeous piece of artwork that celebrates Southern California's influence on cannabis culture. I don't know. Look at it. I mean, it's just the most gorgeous piece that you See, can See, that's hang what I'm these. talking about. And they have, um, you can get walnut rails. So it's just this very simply framed, it looks great on a white wall. I'm going to put mine up on my living room wall. Their prints are just straight up fine art yeah right it's a beautiful way to destigmatize something Mm -hmm. when it's just good art and then you're like oh and it also rocks the cannabis flag and it has a message and it has a fucking message yeah you can get those at shopgoldleaf.com uh and check out their instagram at goldleaf minus the o so it's goldleaf goldleaf you love that goddamn glottal i do i like saying goldleaf every time Every time. And if we're going to be making a bunch more cooking videos for Goldleaf as well. So if you haven't seen the first two, you can check them out on our YouTube and also more to come. Quick hit number two. I'm having fun with this. I am too. What's your favorite uh, thing that you've ever smoked out of? Have we talked about that? No, I don't know if we ever have. I've got a couple. What's yours? Man, I've never talked about this with anybody. Mm. And these guys were um, in the woods. We were all in the woods. And it was with these, you know... It's not even that they were bad kids. It's just that I was a little bitch. So anybody who did anything that wasn't by the rules was like, oh, they're the bad kids of the school. And we were all in the woods and Brandon was a part of their crew and he was my best friend. And we really, I wanted to be cool too. And they're like, have you smoked weed before? And I was like, yeah, of course. And they were like, I don't think you have. And I was like, yeah, I've smoked tons. And they were like, no, you haven't. I was like, yeah, I have. And they like got up in my face and started, you know, chest bumping me. And they're like, really? You have? Just be the, be honest, man. It's yeah. not a big deal. And I was like, no, I, I fucking have. And they were like, you haven't, dude. You're just lying. Like it went from them being a bully to them just looking at me being like, homie. Please be honest. Please be honest. What are we doing? We're in the woods next to a grocery store. Chill the fuck out, yeah. man. You know? And I kept looking at Brandon like, help me. And he was like, dude. You're on your own. You're on your own. Yeah. Like, this is like so, man up. It's not only man up time, but it's also like, come on. Yeah. Did, Did you fess up? What happened? No. They were like, let's go, Brandon. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Just be honest. And yeah. I was so mad at them. I couldn't be mature enough to blame myself. Instead, I was like, fuck these motherfuckers. You uh, know, you know, yeah. all that shit. That teenage rage where you're like, fuck you for being right about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you go home, you yell in the mirror, your mom's like, what's wrong? And you're like, all of it. Nothing. I didn't ask to be born. Get away from me. Yeah. But I remember the first time that I ever did a hot knife hit. Um, because in Newfoundland, it was a lot of hash when I was growing up. Oh. It wasn't flour. And so um, I went over to my friend's uh, basement and they had they were heating knives up with a blowtorch. But you could also just do it on the coil of a stove. And um, yeah, I remember Doug Mason um, did like a bunch of knives. I think he did like... He did well over 10 knife hits. So does that mean you hit the knife glows red yeah. and then the smoke yeah. comes up from it and you just... It's like a primitive dab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with hash. Amazing. Yeah. It's and then a- I, I've always loved hash. I loved when I went to Amsterdam for the first time and I smoked a spliff, you know? Yeah. Just in a cafe there. It's really like nice. Have a fucking cup of coffee and look at the world go by. Wait, can I say one more thing? What? I know we have to get to our buds of the week. Yeah. But I was at a show the other night and somebody offered me what I thought was a buffalo chicken wing. Okay. And it turned out that it was a buffalo cauliflower. Ooh. And I thought that I was just eating a mouthful of bones. Oh, no. It was a bad experience? It was so bad because I was expecting juicy, tender meat. Yeah. And instead, it was just these little craniums in my yeah. fucking mouth. And oh. it was so disgusting that I don't know if I can ever eat cauliflower. Buffalo. I just oh. feel so tricked. I oh. tricked my own mouth. Don't don't be tricked. Buffalo cauliflower is one of the best things going. You have to know it's what you you're having though. But I will I will um I'll prepare it for you. Thank I you. I have a great recipe that I will make for you oh. that will totally change your mind. Thank you. Because right now every time I think of it, mouthful of bones. Oh my it's god. So fucking disgusting. That's terrible. Uh, who's your butt of the week? My butt of the week is Bailey Favreau. Ooh. Yeah, at Bailey Favreau, F-A-V-R-E-A-U. Um, Bailey wrote to us about a sneeze story where um, in response to us talking about sneezes, and I think the, you know, the male sneeze. Oh, yeah, um, the so white male sneeze. Hot <laughs> So and, and I'm like, <laughs> although I'm not because I enjoy just letting it go. But um, 
Bailey wrote that uh, she said, my mom never let me hold my sneezes in growing up and would call me out for it if I did it. Her reasoning was that it would cause cauliflower butt. My mom actually told me that my butthole would blow out and be all gross looking. (laughs) (laughs) I believed her until I was 20. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) she got she got called out by one of her friends who was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So she says, anyway, when I called my mom out on her lies, she lost her shit and started laughing so hard. She said it to make me stop holding my sneezes in because it's awful for your sinuses. So she said she still thinks about it. Every time she sees someone someone hold a sneeze in, she thinks of cauliflower butt. (laughs) At Bailey Favreau. Oh, man. Great new bud. So Bailey's my bud of the week. Great butt of the week. Great story. Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> cauliflower. Speaking of cauliflower. I know. I didn't even. Yeah. Crazy. In the pocket. Yep. Yeah. Mouthful of cauliflower butt. <laughs> Jesus, you're eating ass. Anyway, Gross. my butt of the week. Sorry about that. I regretted it as soon as I said it. Uh, <laughs> my butt of the week this week is at Samantha Christine Francis Talbot. Samantha Christine Francis Talbot, she wrote about when you were in Forbes, and she was just like, yo, I love it, so powerful, such a legend, which was a really nice thing to see that you replied to. But then I also looked on her Instagram, and I was like, what is this cute fucking cat? Oh. It's such a beautiful cat, and she seems, she just seems fucking cool. Hold on, let me pull up her cat. Goddamn, look at him. (gasps) Oh, what a good cat. Right? He's black and white. Yeah, it's a great cat. And I keep she saying like he, but I'm sorry. Yes. Test, like yeah. a Rorschach blot. 100%. Sweet little face. Uh, I would love to know what this cat's name is. So if you're listening, please let us know. Yeah. And that could be our cat of the week. That's we yeah. start a cat of the week. I'm all about yeah. it. Let's do it. So are, we have a really special guest today. Oh, uh, let's get to our VIB. Sina Grace. Sina is an author and illustrator, a comic book artist. Uh, he also has an incredible web series called Self Obsessed with our friend John Gabris uh, making an appearance in that. And Sina's done all sorts of incredible work. You can check him out online. We had a really cool conversation about his work with Marvel. He's now with, making stuff for DC Comics. He's just like an amazing human with a great perspective about all kinds of things, including cannabis. Absolutely. If you want to listen to this while you're on your computer, maybe you're at work, Google Cena Grace Iceman Marvel, and you can do a quick deep dive and see how he really changed the world, made it a better place while entertaining millions of people. Yeah, making your eyes dance. Yo, how about it? Yeah. Okay, so without further ado, here is our chat with Cena Grace. Hi, everyone. As you know, Mike and I love to travel and we love to check out new shops everywhere we go. Yeah. One of our favorite places to go is Vegas. What's up, Vegas? What up? Yo, life is beautiful. The Fremont experience. Any reason at all? Any, seriously, any reason at all. Do you want to go right now? Yes, let's go. Let's well, go. while we're there, we should go to, to our favorite dispensary, Euphoria Wellness. They were the first dispensary to open in Las Vegas, and they have won multiple Best of Las Vegas awards. Right? You open first, and you do it the best? Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I loved how when we got to Euphoria, the staff was super welcoming. So nice. And then check-in was super quick. And then the best part, you have an experienced wellness guide with you, so they can walk you through the entire process and help you select the best products for what you need. And they have a huge selection of flour, edibles, cartridges, and tons more, and they're House brand of flower, which is called Suma. So good. It's amazing. Yeah, Suma. Um, Yo, Suma. honestly, you walk in there, you go through check-in, and then you have a wellness guide walk you through, and then you get Suma. Yeah. Stop. That's so, so good. Check them out the next time you're in Vegas. Their website is euphoriawellnessnv.com. That's euphoriawellnessnv, like for Nevada, dot com. Yeah, and use our special promo code GRUB, and you'll get 10% off your next visit at the dispensary. Keep out of reach of children. For use only by adults 21 years of age and older. No other coupons or discounts apply. You did it like one of the... That yeah, sounded right? so good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Go to euphoriawellnessnv.com. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? This is a fantastic day. I'm so excited you're here, Cena. Hi. We have Cena Grace with us. Would you mind just giving everyone a brief rundown of your deal? Yeah. Um, so for $9.99, you get no no toppings. <laughs> um, I'm a I'm a writer and artist. I do comic books mainly. Um, born and raised in Los Angeles, and uh, all around swell guy. Uh, I think that's everything. And, oh, and for some reason, I feel like it's like always worth noting. Like it's like I love sucking dick. Like just mm-hmm. put that on the table. We can talk about it. The or dick not. on the table. Putting yeah, and see if I suck it. There we go. <laughs> um, Off to a rollicking start. <laughs> yeah, but that's me. Oh, there we go. I lowered my seat so I could be closer to the mic. Yeah, good call. Great. The, do the same. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, 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 oh. Okay. In the pocket. This is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
When you came here today, were you excited to talk about comics first or talk about yourself first? Probably comics. I there the, like there was a time in my life where I was like, oh yeah, talking about myself is great. But now it's like, I'd rather use myself to talk about things. But you know, like, did that make sense? It does. It does. Well, and so much of your work is like autobiographical, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like I've spent a lot of time like thinking about myself. So now I'm trying to think about other things too. That sounds so stupid, but it doesn't. As as an artist, I don't know how else you succeed. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's been interesting because it's definitely there was a time where I thought that's all you know. You, and you read a lot of books and you see this where some people are very focused on kind of one theme their whole careers, and then and and if you're reading the same kinds of stuff over and over again, you think that's all there is to to write about, and then it just takes a little kind of recalibration or or a rejiggering and. And you go, oh, no, there's there's so much more to think about. And I can use myself as the lens instead. It's fascinating because so much of the, your work that I've seen is your autobiographical stuff. But now you're really like moving into this world where you're like creating things through the lens, especially because like, you created the first gay Marvel character. I didn't create him, but I did. Oh, I, I created the first like gay drag queen superhero at Marvel. But I but I did... Put, oh, yeah, thank you. And thank you for, like, helping me explain, give context to readers about, like, why I, why I matter more than some of those other working-class comic book writers and artists out there. Um, we bumped the Matt Groening for you. Good. <laughs> um, he used to shop at the... He probably still does, but he shopped at the comic store I used to work at in high school. Um, Heidi Ho Comics in Santa Monica. I love you. And uh, it was so funny because I was always so starstruck around him. And uh, there was like, I was like really nervous around him one day. And like, he's like, what's up with this guy? And and the girl was like, he wants you to do him a drawing. And he's like, oh, why don't you just ask? And so I have like a really nice little Homer Simpson by him. And wow. um, So that's, yeah. And then one time he like recommended a book on like a receipt paper for me. And I like held on to that like for years. Um, It was The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. And, um, and then, but so this uh, this musician who I'm friendly with, not I wouldn't say friends, we're just friendly. Uh, Shannon Lay, she's a really big Simpsons fan. So like for Christmas one year, I was like, Hey Shannon, I have like a really fucking weird gift for you, but I think you're gonna appreciate it. And so I handed her that receipt with his handwriting, and she was like, This is so fucking weird, but I like really like this is awesome. Thank you. So it's anyway. I don't know. Yeah. So That's uh, fuck really... him. I'm glad he's bumped off because I'm more interesting. And here's my story about him. Yes. <laughs> I knew him when. That, that's an inside joke for us. For yeah, Mary yeah. Jane. No. <laughs> so wait, you were working at a comic book store that was like you must have been in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Sorry. Yeah. No. I've always wanted. Yeah. I've always wanted to do comic books. Um, and that's kind of the cool thing about me too, is that. I, like I just knew what I wanted to do at a really really young age and Ugh. and like had a mom who was just nice enough to like encourage it um and I think it's because she saw someone be really successful at it like she took me to my first comic con and I met this one comic artist that I was super into and like he was literally getting his like back rubbed by a babe and like you know had just finished a signing and like he was like 28 and really handsome and my mom was like oh like this is like this is this could be a good thing for my kid like not realizing that the rest of it is like the comic book guy from the Simpsons where you're just like angry curmudgeonly like in sweats and like you know can't you know like hold a conversation with someone because like you've just spent your entire life like reading (laughs) (laughs) so but anyway yeah she encouraged it and yeah I worked at Heidi Ho and I interned at a comic company and self-published and all this stuff and now, now I'm here. And what were you drawing growing up? Like what were what were the comics that inspired you to start drawing? I would well I would redraw and retell like just other stories. Like I would just retell like Batman and Ninja Turtle movies um, and The Wizard of Oz over and over again. It was so weird. And then I have I have it. I have to find it, but there's like a drawing where it's like this is Batman and his friend Catwoman and his friend Penguin and like they all hang out and like Catwoman's like doing a cartwheel like <laughs> awesome and it's like in shitty like you know six year old uh, art style but um but yeah um so I, yeah I love Ninja Turtles and I like loved X Men as a kid so it's just super nice to be doing the thing I wanted to do and then yeah kind of finding a way to always still be in love with it because that's the worst thing is like yeah no secret you know anytime you find out what it's like to do the thing you love 
it's like not as cute in real life and you're like wait what the fuck this sucks or this is hard or and then by the time you get whatever that like goal is like you're you know like you get a fucking headlining set or you know you get this fucking role. you saw your name in a comic like you're drawing for marvel you're creating yeah it. and by the time you're there you're so bummed out because the journey sucks and, I, and i've just like made sure to be like whoa diva like don't do that like it's still really really cool and you just have to like understand that yeah the world is like there are challenges that people forget to tell you so that's why i always try to be real with that stuff because like yeah then people don't think it's as easy as like i wanted to do it and then i did it you know it's like no i've been at this since i was in high school like you know like it takes a long time um and like i'm the lucky side of things like i got to you know grow up in la so i had access Mm -hmm. you know and i had people coming up who wanted the best for me so they would you know put me in my place if i was ever doing something stupid or not you know meeting people's expectations so anyway so all that being said it's like yeah it's it's cool but it's real i i really want to ask you actually about your experience at marvel because i you know you you wrote about it and, and it was like a really open and honest yeah. uh, post that you you put on your i think it was just tumblr just yeah, tumblr just tumblr tumblr.com but, that that now pointless <laughs> website and it had such good porn <laughs> tumblr did tumblr was great for porn tumblr used to be awesome for porn that's oh. why it's pointless now oh dang i never watched porn on tumblr well, i missed I'm missed the boat on that one so can you talk a little bit about so how did you first start working uh at marvel and creating iceman so it was so i was giving a friend um some advice about his career because he he's like a very talented illustrator and, and a great writer too but i think he's more known for his illustration and um he's a black dude and i was just like listen i was like pro tip like like I didn't make the rules I just know the rules and the rules are like and I think this was maybe a little bit before Ta-Nehisi Coates was writing Black Panther but I was just like you need to get on a Black Panther book like you just need to like kind of sell yourself as like the black guy who draws really well like and just you know go from there and get those fans and like you know keep them and then move on and do your creator own stuff um, but just use that platform to build your following. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I was thinking about that. I was like, that's good ass advice for me. Like I need to like, you know, like take on the gay character or whatever. And, and it wasn't Iceman at the time. It was, um, there was like a character who had died and I was like, Oh, I'll bring him back from the dead. And I knew a guy who was working at Marvel, uh, Jerry Duggan. And I was like, Hey, like, would you maybe like vouch for me? And like, we could co-write this. And he's like, I think you're good enough to write on your own. And he put me in touch with an editor. Um, and so I was, they were just, they were having me do things here and there. Like, and it was once every so often, like here's 10 pages, here's 20 pages. And then, um, they were doing kind of a company wide relaunch for all the X-Men titles. And that editor was like, we had Iceman come out of the closet. We haven't really done much with it. Uh, what would you do? And what's really awesome with a lot of like kind of big changes in my life is like I don't realize like the 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 tide is changing in a sense and I didn't quite realize I was like pitching and so I just sort of was like kind of like you know doing the thing I do which is like I go for a walk with my dog and I think and I'm like hmm what's this and I take a shower and I think and <laughs> and so I just like wrote him an idea like I was just like ah, it's just this like you know and, and I and I related him more to being like a stand up comic. Um, where the guy who is making all the jokes and is being the loudest has the most pain and is hiding his pain and in plain sight. I was like, he's hiding in plain sight. Like, he's never really dealt with his bullshit. He came from an Irish Catholic background. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the comic. And they were like, okay, cool. What's the comic? Like, what's like outline the series? And I was like, wait, what? Um, (laughs) I was like, I got a job. Um, so I did that, and and it and it was a very very. Uh, interesting and weird experience uh, that as you said I wrote about on Tumblr because I just kind of felt like at the end of it I was left with a really really bad taste in my mouth about um, just the way they operate and it's it's you know and, and a lot of big companies do this but that doesn't mean it's okay so I just kind of reached a point where I was like you know I don't want to like, I don't want to keep smiling and like telling people like something was a good experience when it wasn't. Mm. And I'd rather, I'd rather take my coin. And, and I was thinking a lot about, um, kind of the way I've been living my life, which is back to everything. Like, am I making this like young 10 year old version of myself 
happy? Like, is he proud of me? Is he proud to be me? Um, but then, you know, but also like, that's only one way to live your life, you know, because that 10 year old person doesn't understand the ins and outs of being a grown up. And so the next thing I, I started thinking about is like, well, would high school me be proud of me? Like where that guy at that point in my life, I was starting to really, you know, have some sort of like values and I was listening to a lot of riot girl music and I was a vegetarian and I was just so, you know, like like adamantly against everything like i had those dumb like ad busters like fake converse shoes that were like you know like no gross chemicals like all vegan you know and they were so uncomfortable (laughs) they hurt so much but i was like yeah um so then i was like well am i making that guy proud of me like is the is the high school college version of me proud of the decisions i'm making because to work for disney is to work for a corporate it's working for the biggest corporation disney plus now on you know, air streaming now, like, um, and so I, you know, and I, and when I did it, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm doing it because you always think like, oh, you can affect change, effect change or whatever from the inside. And, and, and I thought, okay, given my background, like I can do the best job in terms of leaving this character in a better place, um, with regards to like representation and with regards to like, you know, respecting that journey and understanding kind of what all communities would be looking for when they're saying they're hungry for this kind of storytelling. Um, but so, yeah, I just kind of was like, you know what, you know, what would be punk is like, like letting them know they sucked and like saying it out loud and not being, and being abundantly aware that there are consequences, but not being afraid of them and accepting them. So that's kind of, yeah, that's, <laughs> whew, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's such, it's, it's huge and, and rare. But, you know, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's only rare because I think we let it be rare, you know? And I think, well, and I think also a lot of people don't know how to say their feelings the right way when something bad like that happens. And I think we're seeing it with Me Too where it's like, it's unfortunate you have to have a strategy about what you're saying and you have to kind of ask yourself, like, what's the goal of saying it? Is the goal just to exercise the demon on a public platform? okay, but then you realize you're going to suffer consequences and then disappear, you know, like with Chris Hardwick's ex. Like, she didn't necessarily have a strategy. She just had to... This is me from the outside looking in. yeah. Like, she didn't necessarily have a strategy. She just had an experience and put it out there and went against a billionaire and a billionaire's wife who, like, you know, and and so, yeah, it just kind of disappeared and he kept on keeping on mm-hmm. um without any real sense of it didn't seem like there was any sense of uh, dialogue after that mm-hmm. um but then you look at the people who uh kind of had to survive a person like max landis and they were very methodical and they were really strategic and there was a point which was just like you can't let this privileged brat carry on you know and i think I think that's, there's something still, I feel like that's still, he, like that guy is in deep hiding from my understanding. Yeah. Um, yes. So he, yes, very yeah. much. He's in deep hiding. Yes, yeah. he is. Straight um, up as, yeah, to not make it about, yes. Well, we, we talk about this a lot. Mike and I actually de- dive into this because we're always trying to sort of figure out, you know, all of the different gray areas and, you know, the fact that there is, there are are um stories that exist on a spectrum and also yeah that you have you have to have a strategy to move the conversation forward i think when you are going to go public with something like an accusation that's gonna do you harm as much as it's gonna harm the person that you're pointing a finger at or a corporation yeah and i think at the very least the the only goal i had was to just be like like a person can weather this Mm -hmm. and a person can say these things um and and more to the point i can say like look at them they're not responding like stop at like not you but like if i'm on a if i'm if i'm talking to like a major news outlet and they're asking me about it i'm like go ask them and then point out that they like aren't commenting like the conversation is not about like i said what i said already like i can say more things i've got more to say mm-hmm. that like didn't fit within like a concise 1000 word document or whatever it was but, which was like, very well written by the way <laughs> several drafts several drafts and having friends in the media and showing them and listening to the advice like that is <laughs> like have a publicist friend everybody like yes. just have three because you just want like all sides and you want to anticipate everything thank you but like yeah but it's just kind of like no like look at them like don't let them get away like make them sweat like 
they have publicists and like let like make them sweat like what the fuck do i care you know like that's their job is to sweat i don't know i just you know and it's and it's interesting too because they it's just so interesting seeing how people can brush things under a rug and and how some personalities can survive like you know case in point like we don't we do not need to talk about the president but it's been amazing just seeing like how he can like get away with things and 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 now other people are doing the same thing where it's like if they just kind of like uh you know stampede through like what is clearly an offense like it it goes away and and i'm and i'm curious to see if we can kind of get back from that and get back to yeah an age of accountability well we're in this weird new era where there's this like you have to apologize for absolutely everything and be careful and walk on eggshells all the time also apologize for absolutely nothing and admit no wrongdoing ever and those are both existing right now and that's why i feel like it's such a wild fucking crazy time because everyone's like super thin skinned and also shouting about how they didn't do anything wrong it's fucking crazy it's yeah it's it's crazy we're in a new age it's cool it's Weird. We're in the growing pains of a new age. And I think I think when we get to a middle ground... And you know what? I, I say it's because, like, now everyone has access to the internet. Like, the poorest person has a cell phone plan. You know, it may not be an iPhone, but, like, they can get on the... You know, anyone can get on the internet. Like, homeless people in tents go to Starbucks and they're on the internet. Because they may not have data, but they can get Wi-Fi on that thing. And they can charge it to a wall. Um... And I, so I think we're all actually for once in human civilization speaking the same language and speaking to each other. And we don't know how to like filter any of that. Um, so we're all learning this new language together and just kind of like it's a, it's a, there needs to be the, what's that fucking book? Is it Thomas Paine? Who wrote that like one book, Common Sense? Was that Thomas Paine? Oh, I'm not sure. But we need like that book written in 2019. Like someone needs to write this like, oh, like we need to understand like, the new rules of civility because of the internet. It's this yeah. new process of communication. It's just a fucking collective roar right now. It's the Tower of Babel, right? It's, yeah, everyone shouting, nobody understanding anything. I don't know if I would have been able to... I do know that I would have been able to write what you wrote on Tumblr, but I would be very scared that I would actually stop progress. I don't know that I'd be scared to go against Marvel or Disney or anything because... I don't know. I have such disregard for corporations, but when it comes to like moving a conversation forward for the human race, I would be very scared that I would be slowing progress for the future of progress or not. And I'm just wondering if that like came across your mind or you were like, no, I have to do this because at the end of the day it's needs to be said. Do you know? I think, well, I think I was more scared of, is doing this and making myself come off as like difficult, is that going to then make it hard for someone else to get these jobs in the future? Like to hire someone else who, you know, looks like me or, or lives like me. And it was one of those things where it's like, it's already hard. Like they like, look at the numbers, like how many out gay male writers are there at Marvel right now or at DC. And it's like, they're like these guys are these writers are out there it's not like it's like oh we can't find them it's like they're just not being given the opportunities to rise to the occasion and they're not being treated like and i and i said this somewhere where it's like if you don't if you treat me like i'm not going to be grant morrison then i can't be grant morrison oh wow you know what i mean like if you keep because they you know they would like limit me in really weird ways where like i'm seeing that they're not limiting and policing other writers and it's like, if you're setting someone else up for greatness, then they're going to be perceived as great. But if you keep kind of like roadblocking me, then A, I'm going to think I'm not a great writer and I might not be like able to like have the audacity to put a story out there like that. But B, I'll never get to tell the story that has audacity in it. Um, How close were you with the series to telling what you wanted to tell? Um, I Well, the beginning was like the... So it was a... It, it, it was a uh, 11 issues and then a six issue series after it came back from getting canceled. And the first time around was very like, uh, uh, I don't, I, like it, it was what I wanted to do, but not what I wanted to do in the sense of like, they were, it because it, it, every single time I was on it, there's something bigger going on that they had to like focus on or characters there would be, you wouldn't have access to. Um, I'm sorry, but like, 
I, I love fucking comics so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first time hearing that maybe you wanted to weave in someone else from the universe, but they're off limits because they're involved in other... Like, or what a fucking or machine. Or they're dead or they're about to be killed or something like that. Interesting. Know? Okay. Um, or, but like case in point, you know, they were like, oh, uh, Iceman's going to be tied into this um, company-wide event we're doing that's called like Legacy or something like that. I can't remember what it was called. And they were like, so... Um, you have to give an issue about like Iceman's legacy. Like, what would you pick? And the editor was like, I think you should do the fact that he was in the champions, but like, let me know what you think. And so I was like, uh, blah, blah, blah. I sent some thoughts and he's like, yeah, let's do the champions. Yeah. And then, oh, can I have a little bit too? Yes, Sorry. Of course. We're taking a break for water. But, um, <laughs> but it, so that was one thing where I kind of got like forced to tell a story. I was like, oh, I have to tell this story now, but it still has to tie into my larger plot of this guy. Like, learning to love himself after coming out of the closet and then on top of that they were like oh and black widow's dying so like maybe like do something with that like the team reunites to like talk about the fact that she's dead and and it was so weird because like you just have to and i think that's the thing is like good art exists in spite of like the circumstances good art doesn't exist because it exists like it is it is like the tools you're given it is the time you're given it is you know, it is all of it. Like I, yeah. So whether or not I succeeded that it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's just sort of what I learned is like, Oh yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. I, I, that none of that kind of, I didn't land any of those sentences there, but you did because you're, you're trying to stay true to your vision and make sure that you're happy with that 10 year old while right. they're like, but also make sure he's wearing Reeboks. <laughs> and, um, oh, I didn't could, mind that. I, you know? I had him even talk about Nike off-whites. Like, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, great. <laughs> By um, the way, Virgil, if you're listening. <laughs> I made him like a sneaker pimp because like, or if, I don't know what the word is, but like I, because I just was like always like, well, he's not me. He's not me. He's not me. And like, I don't give a shit about sneaks. So like, I was like, he's going to be super into them. And I thought it was also a nice thing to be like, oh, gay men are always into fashion. And I was like, yeah, but what if he's into the fashion that straight men are into? So like, you can't really like do that to him. You can't get like, oh, you see, he just cares about his clothes. It's like, he cares about the clothes you care about, motherfuckers. Like, he's in line waiting at Undefeated just like you. Um, (laughs) That's so cool. I did that. He waits in, like, it's like a, we like, you know, you can't use the actual logo, but yeah, he waits outside and Undefeated and then gets hit on by a guy there and then so on and so forth. Um, Awesome. So, and and that's like the thing is like the experience, like getting to do it was really awesome and I got to do something like that and, um, but there were, you know, there were things where I can't, yeah, I can't remember any of the like, like, I policed myself in a lot of ways, too. Like, I, I knew it was a book for a certain rating system, and I knew that it was going to be going to certain parts of the country. And I was just trying to be, like, the Ellen DeGeneres of it, which was, like, how do I get in your living room and, like, make you like me? Like, how do I make everyone like me rather than how do I make, like... Ha- like, I, I was really just, like, it's a Marvel book. Like, I want to make 100 people happy rather than five people ecstatic. Um, and then when it came back, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the five people because like the other hundred, like they've already made up their minds. So I'm just going to like do the thing that I think is important for the ones who like actually gave a shit about it. And that was the one where I did the drag queen mutant and stuff like that. And I told a story about, um, a character who, uh, dealt with, um, oh God, why am I like, you always blank out when you're on these things. Like, yeah, you're so <laughs> ready. What's that? Yeah. Uh, what is it? that camp called where you're conditioned to not be gay oh conversion camp? yeah conversion therapy Ugh. yeah like there's a character who went through that so i brought him back and really dealt with like surviving that trauma and 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 put that in the book and i was like proud of myself for like you know tackling the issues yeah because <laughs> yeah, that's what x-men is the issues fuck yes it is yeah <laughs> fuck yes do you see do you see an era in which cannabis will like work its way into the comic book universe in a well there was like there was marijuana man which didn't do very well i don't think it's i it i did not he was always on the couch (laughs) (laughs) i did not know about marijuana man um it was uh it was bob marley's kid did a comic okay um called marijuana man and i think maybe it was because he called him marijuana man that's like a pretty yeah it's like hard stiff title (laughs) and it was like seven or eight years ago Mm -hmm. so like it was like before the tides had kind of it's my word of this podcast is tides but like it was before (laughs) it was before there was kind of that like 
you know, collective sigh of relief that we can just like, oh, we can just talk about this and like not yeah. worry about like the person in the room being like, oh. yeah. Um, Facebook moms are all about CBD. Like we can all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, high maintenance is like the best. Like, we're yes. Fine. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm curious about that. I think, I think it's in a, it's interesting because companies are moving further and further away from like the cigarette smoking character and now companies are moving, I feel like they're moving more and more towards the pot smoking character. Like, it like it says more if a character smokes pot than if a character smokes cigarettes nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, I did a comic with uh, your friend and mine, Isabel, in it. And she was kind of like the fun pot smoking fighter character. Um, Hell yes. So, oh, I just saw, I saw like a squirrel. It was really cute. Oh, yeah. Um, what a sign. There's hummingbirds and squirrels out there. Love it. the window. Um, I haven't seen that comic. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have to send it's it's from years ago, but I'll, I'll send it to you. She's fun. It's yeah, I think it's totally. I'm trying to think about. Am I, am I like missing a comic or like what am I thinking? Or do you think like ads could be put in comics? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, I'm just wondering about how you know as cannabis, you know, like corporate cannabis starts getting its a hold of like the marijuana market, like how it will work its way into the mainstream comic book universe. Just you know, wondering if I think you're Marvel seeing and, that happen anywhere. Well, I think Marvel and DC will be pretty. Um, like hesitant for as long as possible mainly because I think superhero comics work best in the metaphor so even if like we're talking about something like the therapeutic aspects of CBD they wouldn't just call it CBD they'd be like oh like we tried this new like we used a you know, kryptonite and we were able to turn it into this oil and it turns out like it's helping like Lois Lane's like, you know, sciatica, but like Clark can't touch her because like she's rubbed in kryptonite oil. And yes, I'm using that. That is so good. Like, <laughs> like we can do CBD kryptonite oil. Um, yes. TM. <laughs> um, so I think that, that I think for those bigger companies they'd have they would work in the metaphor mm-hmm. rather than in the like overt mm-hmm. um because there we are talking a lot more about um ptsd for people who survive like wars and stuff because these superheroes see some heinous ass shit so like they've been trying to have those conversations about how those characters survive that and i know like um jessica jones is kind of a, like a good example of like dealing with trauma um but it would be so it would kind of be up to like the indie comics and i think like a company like dark horse could definitely do something cool with that it would just it it would just take the right concept and the right creator to not feel pigeonholed but like Mm -hmm. that all being said like i was at new york comic con last month and i saw a straight up comic that was like i think like for pepsi like it was like no not pepsi like dr pepper or something and it was just a branded comic um so like there could be that too where just like yeah pax could just pay a company to be like Make a comic about Pax. Yeah, right. Pax Man. Pa- Pax Man. That is that is good. It's a cool name with the X on the chest right here. Yo, yeah. that's fucking cool. I dig it. Yeah, uh, I like. I it never really occurs to me that comics are written in the metaphor like that because I get so sucked into the action and the just the right. characters and the story. Mm-hmm. But I it's I I never wrap my head around how it is kind of like sci-fi in that it's speaking much bigger volumes about humanity than i'm realizing when i'm watching it or reading it oh yeah well there was a whole thing i did in Iceman too where he had this power his power was such that he could like turn to vapor he could like change his forms and um i thought it was like oh my god this guy's just like too powerful so i like kind of narratively took it away but he goes and tells his dad after he comes out to his dad he's like i used to be able to do this thing like i can do it but like the problem is like when I do it, the way I make it work is like, I just think about disappearing and like, he talks about how it comes from like, like a not good place mentally. And that like, it's coming from this like, you know, dark place of like, you know, wanting to not matter. And so I I was trying to make it so he doesn't use that because it's like, he's like, I don't know how to come back. Like, I just like, I just want to leave. Um, and then I like at the very end of the series, I made it so he could just like kind of change forms like hither and dither or whatever. And, that's hither and tither, but, um, and kind of like turned it the other way around where he like reclaims it and is able to just like be what he wants to be when he wants to be it. Um, but that's all a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, wow. <laughs> How's my arms? How are your arms? Okay, you have an arm hair barometer <laughs> yeah. on him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Can we talk a little bit about your um, your acting work and your performance? Oh, and, like, God, I yeah, love sure. Self Obsessed so much. Our friend John Gabris plays your lover. Who I, yeah, that was my way of just being like, I just want to get close to John. He's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it's lovely. The whole relationship, everything that you wrote is so beautiful and touching and fucking funny and painful and, oh, thank and you. gorgeous. It's so like, yeah, I did a web series. It's fucking great. Yeah, <laughs> self-obsessed. Yeah, it was, and that was what was funny is I just, I had all these favors. Again, growing up here, like, it's not even, it's not even, like you've lived here three years now. Like how long have you lived here? Uh, I always say two years, no matter how long it's been. Okay. Because I think it's funny. You lived here two years. Two years. Link. Um, <laughs> and it's, you just like, you know, like the guy bagging your groceries is also a cinematographer. Like it's not, it's not bragging to just be like, oh, I had an editor friend and I had a DP friend. But like, yeah, you have all these friends and they do these things for a living. And I, and I realized I was like, kind of like giving away my favors, so to speak. Like. If I had a friend who was like a working actor, then someone would else someone else would be like, "Oh, do you think you can talk to them into being my into my in my music video, you know, whatever." And and I was like, "I gotta stop doing that. Like, I gotta just cash these chips in for me." Mm-hmm. Um, even though I didn't like have these ambitions, I was like, "But I have these chips." And I had this book, and it was coming out through Image Comics, which is um, they're one of the biggest publishers in comic books, but they like are very um, they're very like do it yourself like they don't take much off the top and they don't own any of the rights so therefore you kind of have to like market and promote yourself a little harder than you would if you were at I don't know some like random house um so I was just like okay what's a sort of untraditional method non-traditional method of of telling people that there is a a comic book and I was like I'll just cash my chips and so I, I did the first season and it was like it was like less than four thousand dollars to get all of that done which if you understand production like it's like a thousand dollars a minute and that was like 30 minutes so like yeah I, everything was like deals 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 you know and then um the second season kind of sucked because i thought i had someone who was gonna finance it so i like i like set out and like basically was like all right like this guy's gonna give me 20 grand to do this because he wanted to like buy in um and then when it was coming down to it, he like got in a fight with like his the patriarch of his family and basically like, you know, like didn't have access to his money. Oh god, he got disinherited. <laughs> Yikes. So then I was suddenly like on the line for like because it was like a couple it was like it was basically like too late to quit. Like And, and you so, were already going for it. And I'd already told everyone involved. I was like, there's money this time, there's money this time, like you know, like I'm paying for this location, like, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where I was like, "Fuck, what do I do?" So I just basically like the people I could, you know, stick my tail between my legs to. I called them and was like, "This is what happened," and and those people were like, "Okay, cool." And then the other people I just didn't tell and did it on credit cards. And then the in between people where I knew I could tell them the truth without them being like what you know because like the second season had laura silverman like i did not want to tell laura like hey dude i I, like the money disappeared um but i you know like i knew i could tell someone like john and Mm -hmm. i and so like with someone like john i'd be like look this is what happened i'm still gonna pay you can i pay you like in this window instead so it took like a long time and like, yeah, some people, you know, just like changed their rates and, and I got it down to like 11,000, but that was 11,000 I didn't have. Yeah. You know, like that was like fucked up. Um, but I did it and I was really proud of it. And I was also, I don't know if you can tell, like I'd just gotten out of surgery. Whoa. That's why I was so skinny. That's why there's like a joke in the second season about like how the main actor always gets skinny between the first and second. Cause I had just like gotten like 20 pounds lighter. Um, but yeah, I, I still, I, oh, you've heard it here first. I think I'm going to do another one. Yes. It, we but, got an exclusive? Exclusive. Well, uh, this is what I, this is my intention because I can't, I can't finance that again. Right. Um, and I can't change the form. So I was like, my friend was like, do a Christmas special. I'm going to, I want to do a Christmas special. Oh you, man. So that way I could keep it down to like one location. Yep. And I can just basically like this Christmas go and just shop the discounts like, you know, December 27th get my fucking set dressing and just do a Christmas special. So that's kind of my goal is like, I'm knocking on wood. We'll see. Yes. Cause I do, it ends on a cliffhanger. Like you don't know what's going to happen to the guy. And, 
And and I know how I want to end it. So it's like, okay, yeah, Christmas special. Like three years later, it's the Netflix game. Like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that thing you loved two and a half years ago, it's back. <laughs> Hell yes. Fuck yes. That's so exciting. Mary Jane, will you please knock on wood? Oh yes, sorry. Okay. There thanks. we go. Thank you. Completed. Sorry. Completed. Thank you. Thank you for the nudge. Uh, I want is it okay to talk a little bit about weed? Yeah, of course. Um, I love weed. Yeah. I'm just not smoking it right now as we talked about, but yeah, right. I love weed. Um, well, I, our friend Isabel, we met uh, over a joint at a party at Isabel's yeah. house, and um, she told me a story. I'm going to tell an abridged version and focus on me so that way John doesn't get mad. Great. But um, yeah, John had Woody Harrelson weed, or no, Willie weed. He had Willie Nelson weed, but he didn't have papers. And he was, we were all at this convention in Arizona. Um, I knew the convention organizer and I was like, hey, I was like texting him. I was like, do you know where we can get like rolling papers or anything? And he's like, I got you covered. You don't even have to leave the room. In rolls like Isabel and her then boyfriend. I'd never met her. And so they were smoking weed. I didn't, I, and, and at the time I had just made the decision to start smoking. I was like 25. The job was really hard. And I thought, okay, like. I'm working hard. I'm playing hard. Like I can't, I can't get into this stuff in my thirties. Like I need to start now so that way if there's a problem, I can like, you know, like reclaim my life, um, at, at before 40. Um, and so I was like just trying to start smoking weed, but I'd never got, you know, I, I puffed in an inhale or whatever. So I hadn't been high. And so I smoked that weed. I didn't get high. And I told John the next day, and he's like, that's fucked up, man. He's like, that's some good weed. Like, that's fucked up. We're going to fuck you up tonight. (laughs) Um, So we, like, went to dinner, like, the whole time I was just, like, kind of, like, I'm keeping this about me. I'm not, like, about, like, John or Isabel. But, like, I was just, like, so nervous. And then we're going to go back up to the room to smoke. And uh, I walked by my boss, who was, like, not a drug guy at all. Uh-huh. And he was like, stop, stop a second. I want to introduce you to somebody. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and I was like, okay, he didn't notice. He didn't notice that like I'm about to go up. And so I was like, ah, blah, blah, blah. and then like John like comes back out from the elevator. He's like, yo, are we doing this? And I was just like, <laughs> I gotta go. You know? And then it was just like that, like weird walk of just like, I'm doing this thing. Like yep. that I know, like I'm and I'm your employee and I'm on a work trip and I'm going to go smoke an illegal thing because it was Arizona and you know years ago um and then so yeah so that time like they all huddled around me and like made sure like I inhaled and there was an AMC publicist in the room and I just was like I was like yeah cool you know I was like feeling it and then I got really paranoid about her being there and then she didn't smoke and I was like texting her I was like haha like this must be so boring for you you should like go and she's like haha no it's like fine I was like haha no but like really you should just go like just go like leave like because i was just like get out of here yeah. i want to like feel my high i <laughs> and so then we all went to our separate rooms and this is gonna get not suitable for work if any people are listening on their work speakers not in their headphones if you're playing this over the whole warehouse uh-huh please turn it off put your headphones in yeah <laughs> headphone moment um so i went back to my room and i like was like oh genius idea like masturbate like see how that feels yeah so it's like you know it's like hi and I was like all right all right and I like I'm like memory based I like think about experiences like I don't I mean I watch porn too but like at the time there was no wi-fi like hotel wi-fi wasn't what it is now right um so I was like thinking about like oh yeah so-and-so oh they're great man I love so-and-so that was awesome I love so-and-so and And I was like I love so-and-so like I'm in love with (laughs) so-and-so oh my god I love them and then it was like and then, like, I was like, wait, that's not right. Okay, hold on, start again. You know, and every single time, I would just be like, I love this person. Like, this person is the love of my life. Like, they've been right there in front of me. And I was just like, nope, nope, not. And so I just, like, literally was like, can't do this. Like, oh, no. <laughs> just, like, went to bed. Um, so that was my first time meeting Isabel, my first time getting stoned. Um, Smoking with John. Yeah. And yeah. then you, mem- you memory-edged. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Memory edge. Is that an actual thing or did you come up with that? To came up with it just now based on your we story. We've been like trademarking left and right this conversation. I think so. Memory edging. Memory edging. Ooh. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> I like that. So yeah, it's um so yeah, it's it's been a wonderful relationship with weed, you know, like I think it's useful. I think it's a tool. It's all it can always be a weapon. Tools can always be weapons. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and it's cool as an artist too cuz like I think you can use it to get your brain somewhere and think about something. And then the key is to really like 
edit when you're sober. Because, like, I've definitely, like, written stuff in my iPhone notes where I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, my God, this sentence. And then the next day you're like, like, it, it, you, like all that's there is, like, C-spot run, you know? Yeah. Um, which also is kind of genius. But, like, you know, you've got to, like, kind of, like, be like, yeah, but, like. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is, like, the general public going to think of that sentence, C-spot run? Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, sorry you didn't come. I know. Well, and that's the problem is I think I don't come a lot. Like, it's hard for me to come when I'm stoned. Mm. Yeah. Is that, is that a problem in this room? Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. Good. For the same reason, like it's up here. The memory edging. Memory edging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You, you just get go most somewhere. Of the way there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you and then you realize you can't get there, and then you're stuck in why you can't get there, and then it's a yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, it sucks because some people like love like can just like really get fucked up and like you know like on weed and like come like crazy and it's like fuck you <laughs> yeah <laughs> who are they <laughs> like, where do they live <laughs> yeah there needs to be some kind of like cross strain can you tell us what you're working on now what you're working on next what you have coming up yes 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 um i am working on a number of comic book series i'm very happy to be gainfully employed i just finished a, a series at archie comics called jughead's time police which was so much fun archie comics is such a cool company to work for and it, and it was just such a fun book and um the whole and to, to the other half of this podcast the whole book is predicated on him uh like bombing his entry for a pie contest um so he builds a time machine to try and fix it and things happen um awesome yeah so it was very i was really proud to like work on that and it made me so happy inside uh and then i'm doing a series at boom studios called ghosted in la which is about um it's like melrose place but with ghosts it's like a girl who moves here from montana and ends up in this apartment complex that has ghosts and it's it's a lot of fun and it's really weird and it's my little like love letter to los angeles and so i love that book and I always am just like, please, people, like, just buy it. Just just buy it to be nice to me. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I'm just, like, doing stuff with DC, and I'm doing a lot of other things, too. But those are kind of, like, those were the things that made me really happy. And I've been doing a lot of artwork for Jenny Lewis, and that's been also super gratifying. Um, so it's been a good year. It's been a very, very good year. And, and also, yeah, at the end of the day, like, I'm proud of my work on Iceman, and I encourage everyone to buy it and give it positive reviews because, like, it it you know, that's the key is, like, capitalism wins like if the book still does well then they can't ignore it so Mm -hmm. also please buy that too i'm just assuming your listeners like have a spare like 78 dollars on amazon credit to just like do this for me (laughs) i i think people will okay good all right truly absolutely in in that order what about on social media are you addicted and people should follow you somewhere yeah i think i'm like i don't i don't i'm not addicted to um Twitter or Facebook, I have them. And and my name is so easy, Cena Grace. It's, you know, the top thing that shows up. I don't feel addicted. I am addicted to Instagram, but like, I don't, it's like, it's like coffee where I'm like, I'm okay with it. Like, I'm not, you know, like it's not affecting my life. Like Mm. it, you know, it, it makes me peppy or whatever. Like, and I don't get, you know, like people get like, they have bad relationships with Instagram where yeah. they like get feelings hurt. And I'm like, not me, man. I just you fucking, can, I just like likes. You got a, you got a healthy <laughs> yeah. Instagram uh, following and healthy, I don't know why I said healthy. You've got, I, I love your Instagram oh, because it's you. so much of your artwork and just, well, I mean, so much of who you are as a fun person in the world thank too. You. <laughs> but, um, is it at, at uh, Cena Grace? Yeah, yeah. And I, and, uh, my stories I think are where it's like, where it's really at because yeah. that's where, you know. Like, I don't have to, like, worry about, like, oh, like, if this doesn't do well, the engagement will go down, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you have to kind of think a little bit about that nowadays, but not on stories. Hell yeah. Stories is where you see the real me. That's it. Fuck yeah. And with Instagram getting rid of likes for your grid, like, stories are the best. And scenagrace.com. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is just, that's just one of those, you know, that's just the site to, like... Oh, keep it in place. But I don't think there's really anything on it. But yeah, my it'll lead you to my Tumblr, which sometimes has stuff like political screeds. No? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yes. It's awesome. Thank you for hanging with us. Thank you for having me. You want to come back sometime? Food. Always. Please. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like the pets here, so I'm in. This is a fucking delight. Wait, before we end, do you have a dog? I do. His name is Henry, and he's just a sweet little angel. Harry Angel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're Harry Angels. 
Archie. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, thank you for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Weed and Grub, and you can go to weedandgrub.com to see a website that needs updating. Correct. And <laughs> please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It takes one second to click that fifth star, but it goes such a long way to help us you know, make bigger and better things for all of you. And send us mail. Write to us at weedandgrub at gmail.com with anything including whisk pics, which I love and I've been getting some big fat whisks in the DM. So send them on over. Tight. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.